Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to Mental Health Casual. I'm your host, Lucky, and I actually recorded this once before, and when I listened back to it, I realized I was like in a rush, and I had to get going to church, uh, which I was still late for anyway, but... I when I listened back to it, my voice was like all distorted and stuff. It happens with my mic every now and then, uh, you know, real simple fix. But uh, yeah, so this is part take two of this, and I wanted to bring up and you know, since a lot of my mental health journey has involved social anxiety, that's been kind of uh, not exactly my niche, so to speak, but it has been something I've been very passionate about talking about and, you know, trying to help people as much as I can by, you know, giving my story out there, but also letting, also by taking this journey of podcasting and YouTubing, you know, that's really taken me a little bit out of my comfort zone a little bit. I, I've gotten kind of used to it and now it's almost second nature, but uh, I wanted to give you guys some tools to kind of work with and, you know, some tips. So I went over to psychology today and found a, I found some tips from a woman named Chloe Brotheridge. Hope I pronounce that. Uh, hope I pronounce that right. But, uh, oh, nope. This is, oh yeah, that's it. Okay. So then this was over in uh, July 17th, which was pretty much beginning of the pandemic sort of. So yeah, it'll be, you know, it's pretty interesting to kind of hear about this. And uh, yeah, why don't we just go through the main points real quick. So number one is challenge your negative and anxious thoughts. So I do agree with this to a certain extent, um, but I do also recommend figuring out how to, you know, not fully engage in these thoughts because then you can, if you're an overthinker kind of like I am, you can actually start to spiral into just self-doubt and, you know, oh my God, are these actual negative or are these negative thoughts actually right? And you can actually do a 180 and, you know, end up back at where you were, or full 360, I guess, and just end up back at where you were in the beginning. But yeah, challenging your negative thoughts, I mean, is basically the, the definition of cognitive behavioral therapy, right? It's literally challenging it and saying, hey, at, if I go out, what is the likelihood all the crazy stuff that is in my head is going to happen, right? Um, you know, is how likely is it that this person that maybe triggers you or maybe, you know, has some type of relationship with you that is very negative, how likely is it that they're going to be there? Do I want to even go there? What are, you know, what are the risks and all that kind of stuff? Um, although I would mostly say to that, if your social anxiety is a driving force, in your commitment to staying home or anything like that, it's not a good reason to stay home. It's not a good reason to, to, to go or to, to not go. So, um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm obviously challenging your mental uh, mentality and all that kind of stuff and your negative thoughts is a very good uh, play, a good way. But I think, uh, I think you should first start off with the basis of, you know, I need to go do this, do this, do this, or, you know, I, I need to go out and do things instead of starting off with the more mind, the mind oriented stuff. So, uh, but speaking of mind, the number two is be mindful. Uh, let's see what it says here. Be mindful and practicing mindful meditation helps you to be present and aware of your thoughts and feelings in a non-judgmental and positive way. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a good uh, thing. Oh, actually, you know what? They have a little study here. In a study published in the journal Social Cognitive and Effective Neuroscience, researchers found that meditation has effects on activity in particular areas of the brain. 
Uh, participants who had normal levels of anxiety took part in four 20-minute mindfulness med uh, excuse me, meditation classes. They found up to a 39% decrease in anxiety levels after mindfulness training. Well, I mean, that makes sense, right? Because anxiety is basically you in fight or flight mode. It's basically you in this heightened sense of awareness. And for you to be mindful and even just breathing, right, is going to be a huge, a huge factor in calming yourself down and making sure that you are centered, right? The thing about anxiety is it can kind of it can kind of get you to the point where you're off kilter. You're it's almost like you're not even in reality sometimes. Um, now, anxiety has its place, right? Like when we talk about fight or flight, if you're in a dangerous situation, that fight or flight response is really going to help you get the extra bolt of energy energy to get out of a dangerous situation or attack a, a, a dangerous situation. But when you're all by yourself and you know there's no immediate threat, then obviously having that would be very detrimental to you to be wasting all this energy on you know nothing. So. Uh, go to, to a coffee shop. So if you enjoy watching movies online or catching up on your favorite TV show, then try taking your tablet or laptop to your nearest coffee shop. Do an activity you feel comfortable with in an environment that would usually make you anxious. So that, this is a, a good start. for. This is a very good beginning phase of extreme social anxiety. If you have very extreme social anxiety, then I would uh, – this is right down your alley. I, I would definitely recommend this, and I think it's a very good – idea the i think the problem with it would be the if you have more moderate social anxiety i actually wouldn't recommend this because all this is going to do is get you into a state where you're always avoiding people right i actually like to go to you know go to places and not have any technology or reading devices i literally just go there i drink my thing you know, i drink whatever i'm doing and then i just head out you know, um, obviously, if you have like a journal or something, then, you know, you can do that. But even then, I don't spend all my time just journaling or anything I'll Sometimes I'll just sit there taking taking in the sites and all that stuff. Doesn't mean you have to like start a conversation with anybody or anything like that. But um, but yeah, if you have more moderate social anxiety, I would say maybe just go without the device or the um, without the distraction and, you know, just sit there, drink your your whatever you're drinking and just leave right after that. Like, you know, no need to, to draw it out anymore or anything like that. Uh, create an ex uh, number four, create an exposure hierarchy. Identify and rate how each social situation makes you feel in terms of anxiousness. For example, zero would mean no anxiety and 10 would be full blown panic attack. Make a list and write down how you think you would feel for every situation, no matter how big or small. So yeah, that's, that's uh, when you're talking about this, everybody's going to have very different situations, right? Like, whereas I am more comfortable actually in front of a camera, if I had to do a speech in front of a bunch of people, I mean, it would be crazy, even though I have a video that's reached 12,000 people. You know, it's it's very interesting how that works, how you, when you're thinking about like the hierarchy of things, like me talking in front of a camera actually isn't that bad. But maybe having a one-on-one -on -one conversation can be tough because you don't really have any you know, you don't have anything to kind of uh, to kind of fall back on. So there's a lot of different things in there. So uh, creating an exposure hierarchy could definitely help you in a lot of ways. But uh, just be careful with giving that hierarchy too much power over you. You know, just figuring it figure. But, you know, putting a name to things, I think, is uh, definitely a good way to help. These are definitely really good uh, beginning Stay like beginning tools to kind of help you wor work out some of this stuff. So, um, yeah, doing this could definitely help you out. Uh, don't focus on yourself. 
it's hard to stop the endless mind chatter when you're in situations that make you particularly anxious. We often turn inward and focus on ourselves and how others will perceive us, almost always assuming it will be negative. The thought that everyone will be looking at you when you walk into a room and judging you in one way or another, this isn't the case. So this is definitely a good idea. And this actually comes to fruition in a lot of anxiety written moments. Like if somebody's having a panic attack, a lot of times what will happen is somebody else that knows how to deal with it. Typically, they'll ask you to focus on them. Hey, look at me. Look at me. Right. That's a very good, uh, very good point here. And a lot of times what what I'll do if I'm feeling extremely socially anxious is I will typically end up like asking them questions so that you're still engaging in the conversation to a certain degree. But you end up giving them some of the the power of the conversation over, you know. Um, you don't have to always think of conversations as a power struggle, but I know in the beginning stages of social anxiety, it can seem like that. So, you know, dealing with that part of it can really help break the ice, you know? So that's definitely something there. Um, adopt a healthier lifestyle to reduce anxiety. So this is a really important one. Uh, the mind and body are linked and how you treat your body can have a significant, a significant impact on the rest of your life, including your anxiety levels. Making small lifestyle changes can help to improve your self-confidence and ability to cope with anxiety symptoms. Allow, uh, sorry, avoid or limit your caffeine intake by not drinking coffee or caffeinated drinks after a certain time. Energy drinks act as a stimulant and can increase your anxiety symptoms. Make physical exercise a priority in your day and always try to be active at some point. Even taking a brisk walk during your lunch hour is a great way to stay fit, uh, to fit it in. So yeah, and then drink alcohol in moderation, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I don't get super affected by caffeine all that much, but I, even then I, I know that it can have some effects. So I only drink it once a day, you know, if at all. And you know, I don't. I stay away from energy drinks in general. I remember I, I had an, I had a Monster Energy one time, and I felt like my heart was going to pound on my chest. It was ridiculous. And you know, I know some people can pound down like three or four of those a day, uh, but maybe you should be focusing on the, you know, the the different parts, or maybe you can focus on the root of the problem, which is maybe probably not getting enough sleep. So yeah, definitely adopting that can be a really good. You know, even I have I've embraced this like no fap. Uh, culture a little bit uh mainly just not the culture but you know the idea of like not watching porn and you know um, sperm retention and all that kind of stuff and it's actually been quite helpful for my mood because it's it makes me feel like i'm in control of my body instead of having this urge and having to go take care of it uh you know it's not like i was just like crazy about that but you know i knew at some point i would take care of it throughout the day and now not doing that has actually made me feel really you know, made me feel a lot more in control of my life and made me feel very uh, confident going forward. So any type of discipline that you can apply to your life can really help you out in so many ways, no matter what it may be. But yeah, physical health can definitely uh, add a lot to it. So uh, take a breath. And this kind of goes in with the meditation part, right? Um, when we talk about, uh, sorry, this is number seven, by the way. But when you are... And this sounds very simple, but you, you'd be surprised at how hard it is to, to get somebody that their mind is freaking racing to get them to take a deep breath. It is very difficult to want to do that when you're in, when you're in the, uh, when you're in this idea of just straight up, you know, just go, going crazy, right? You know, you're just going, your mind's going all, all over the place and you can't even take a quick breath. And you'd be surprised how just one deep breath can help. But I mean, just both of them can, or um, multiple deep breaths can really help you uh, 
uh, turn things around. It can really help you um, make a, a good, a better decision in what you're trying to do. You know, so if you're if you're thinking, oh, should I go to this event? Should I not go to this event? And then you just take a deep breath, and then you know. Once you take that deep breath and then kind of go from there, I mean, it makes all the difference. It really does. Uh, so, yeah, just taking a deep breath, one, two, you know, maybe 20 minutes, you know, it doesn't really matter. Uh, as long as you kind of take that time to kind of go do that. Uh, act confidently. There are a large number of, uh, this is number eight, by the way, there are a large number of adults suffering from social phobia and crippling shyness. You can learn to be confident in the same way you learn to ride a bike. Act more confidently and people react positively. Uh, this doesn't mean you need to be the class clown or center of attention. It's just about being more assertive. Something that feels terrifying at first will gradually feel better each time. Yeah, and this is uh, something that I always find, uh, I always find very interesting. Right? This can uh, this can just be you, your posture. Right? When you go out into public, are you all shrimped up? You know, kind of you know shoulders forward and you're know, trying to to hide away from the world, or are your shoulders back and your chest out? in order to invite the eyes of the world into you. It, it actually is, is a lot, it, it, it can really change the way you think. You know, there was this study on lobsters that when a lobster was, when you uh, inject, or when they would put serotonin level, when their serotonin levels would get higher, their chest would naturally end up coming out a little bit. And as their serotonin levels got lower, uh, they would start to close themselves off a little bit. You know, typical thing, like in the wild, right? If you are a an alpha, right, you're trying to assert your dominance, like you're going to show more of yourself, whereas everybody else that doesn't want any part of you is going to like curl up a little bit more. So um, I guess even if you want to think about it in certain animals, right, you have that kind of lizard that ends up uh, showing, I can't remember what the lizard's name was, but there's a lizard that kind of shows uh, this, this like ridge or this, 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 um, this kind of it looks like a, almost like a fan but it basically makes itself look bigger to try and show off its confidence right to kind of sh it's mainly to scare away predators right and sometimes that works sometimes it doesn't uh but you know just do just doing that little simple thing of changing your posture can really mean all the difference in the way that you're acting so you know just doing that can do that also being a little bit more as i was saying to being a little bit more assertive hey where do you want to eat actually tell people where you want to eat you know, that's that can be a good start for you. Find social situations and engage. Make a conscious effort to be more social. Actively looking for support. Actually, excuse me. Actively look for a support, uh, supportive social environments that can help you overcome your fears. So this was actually a interesting thing for me, right? Like I went to a church like two weeks ago and I decided, you know what? I'm just going to go there. This is a new. I haven't really been able to go to church. And, you know, they're starting to do in-person church services again. And. Yeah, it was so I, I went to uh, another church that's a lot like my old church and was like, hey, you know what, I'm going to go here and yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. And so, yeah, it uh, it was really scary. I'll be real with you when I first got in there. But, you know, I ended up, uh, you know, people it, it's <laughs> how do I say this? It, it was easy to figure out that I was new. You know, let's just say that I'm the only Samoan person in there. I'm probably the only one of that size in there, if I can remember right. I know there's one person that I saw that was about my my size, but it's pretty easy to figure out that I wasn't uh, I, I was a new guy in, in school. So that was the other reason why it's a little tough for me sometimes to go to, uh, you know, these new situations, because people can usually spot me. You know, I'm six, three, you know, big Samoan guy. So it's hard to miss me. 
So, yeah, it's going to those social situations, though, and becoming part of community is what's going to anchor you to so society. You know, it's what's going to keep you connected. And you, that's really what you need to do in order to uh, not retreat back into your bubble fully. You know, I'm an introvert, so I get it. I get not wanting to always be in social, social situations. But you also have to have some anchor to society or else, you know, things can go really wrong real quick. So, um, and also, you know, when you're, when you're in, uh, when you're doing that kind of stuff, you know, it doesn't have to be like a major thing, you know, it can just be, uh, be very careful with things like Craigslist, you know, I don't always want to trust those, but you know, it could be a church function. It could be, you know, Hey, maybe we're having a festival or, uh, you know, maybe once the pandemic's over, there's a festival, if you just go there by yourself, you know, maybe take like, you don't go crazy, but take like 40 bucks with you and maybe buy some food and you know, go to a festival and enjoy yourself a little bit. Maybe it's an art walk or whatever your city's into, you know, however your city ends up expressing itself and doing that kind of stuff, you know, try and be a part of it. Uh, number 10, be kind to yourself. Nobody's perfect and everyone feels embarrassed at one point or another in their life. Overcoming social anxiety is by no means easy. You'll have times where you think neg negatively and slip back into old habits. If you're feeling run down or tired, you may find yourself feeling more anxious than normal, but it doesn't mean you failed. So, yeah, this is a very good point. It's It really does – you do really have to, to give yourself credit where credit is due, right? If you are socially anxious, you having a conversation with somebody is actually a lot more impressive than somebody that doesn't have social anxiety having a conversation with somebody, right? So you also have to realize, like – you know, I remember I did a podcast and dude, I was super, I felt so tired afterwards. I was like, dude, oh my God, I'm like, this is exhausting. It's exhausting having a podcast and like actually trying to talk and all this stuff. But just realizing that you did that is going to, because then you can start beating yourself up like, oh my God, I, I'm so, I'm so lazy. I'm so this, it, it doesn't get you anywhere. You know, self-blame doesn't really get you anywhere. Self-accountability does. But just blaming yourself, it, it really doesn't do anything for you. Hold yourself accountable for what you've done, but also don't end up, you know, shaming yourself. It's really not gonna, it's really not gonna do anything for yourself to to really just shame yourself and stay in this perpetual, uh, this perpetual place of you know insecurity. You know, being your own worst enemy isn't gonna help you at all. So there's plenty of people out there to be your worst enemy. You don't have to be one of them. Uh, number 11 is talk. By overcoming social anxiety and shyness, you will hopefully start feeling more confident during conversations. Talking to someone can be very challenging and knowing that what to say isn't easy. Sometimes an awkward silence can feel like it lasts a lifetime. Talking to people gradually will help you be less anxious every time. So one easy way to do this is, I've talked about this before, but just going up to a cashier. So let, let's say you're you're going to check out for the grocery store. And you go up to a cashier and you you start the conversation with, hey, with, you know, hey, how are you doing? Something that they would say to you, but you start that conversation, you know, that way. It can actually be very confident. It can like really start to give you a little bit more confidence as you're going into it that you started the conversation and you kind of went like that. Um, and same thing if they start the conversation. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? You know give it back to them you know that kind of stuff and uh yeah you know just just doing those things can really help you out or even you know commenting commenting on something that uh that they've said or something like that or anything like that i remember there was one time this person ended up like really they ended up taking up so much time in line 
and you know they ended up leaving and i was just and you know they they ended up saying hey i'm so sorry about that i was like yeah it's not a big deal i'll i don't really have too much going on today so you know I, just little things like that right it doesn't sound too impressive on the surface but you know when you're given a different when you somebody ends up approaching you differently than what you're used to right like hey how are you doing it actually is a little frightening because you have to kind of think on your toes for a second like oh shit uh, how do i how do i talk to how do i i don't have like a pre-made answer like how do i talk about this which actually gets into our next point our it looks like our last point number 12 Face your fears. The final step is to face your fears. It's impossible to overcome social anxiety if you don't expose yourself to situations that make you anxious. By using avoidance as a tool to cope, you won't be helping yourself or encouraging personal growth. So, yeah, this is this is actually my number one social anxiety tip, right? Go face your fears. You you will have to at some point in your life. We don't live in a vacuum. We don't live in a bubble. You will have to face these fears at some point down the line. So, really, you know. Pretty much any of these these steps are going to be anxiety um, inducing. But listen, you're you you are more than uh, capable of doing it. If I'm able to be here on a podcast and just talk randomly for twenty to thirty minutes a day, or at least an hour a day, if I'm including my other podcasts and you know whatever else I'm doing, even more than that, then I guarantee you, you can go up to you can have a conversation with somebody. You can be a part of a party. You can go to a festival and be fine. I, I, I guarantee you, you, you can do it, but it, listen, just staying in your room and worrying about the worst that could happen is going to literally keep you there. Like that's not where you want to be in life. You really want to be in a place where you are, where you are a little, maybe, you know, maybe a little bit uncomfortable, but you are ultimately not, you know, afraid of life, you know, um, getting to the point where you're uncomfortable is actually kind of a good thing. People live, people, you know, we have this weird thing in our lives, in our society where we end up saying, oh yeah, you know, if you just do this and you can live comfortably for the rest of your life, it's like, yeah, but that's kind of dangerous because then once you live comfortably, are you going to better yourself or are you going to end up, you know, because the more, comfortable you live right you're able to live the more the less responsibilities that you're given and the once you end up you know getting more responsibilities as you kind of gain more power and all that stuff it ends up kind of weighing on you a little bit whereas if you stay in a, a state of a little uncomfortability you know you don't have to go crazy with it but a little uncomfortability then you can end up um you know that can really that's really what ends up making you grow comfortability uh, comfortability doesn't doesn't help you grow it you know it can if you have put yourself in an uncomfortable situation before that you know obviously everybody needs rest but you know if you're if if you're never uncomfortable at all then you never get stronger in fact you know that's where atrophy comes from if you're not um if you're not you know strengthening your muscles in some way then you can get atrophy at some point so you know, definitely some things to think about. I think this is a great article. I'll go ahead and put a link in the description box down below. Uh, but as always, guys, don't forget to check out all things casual in our link tree in the description box down below. Also, if you'd like to email me, you can email me at, me at mentalhealthcasual at gmail.com. But as always, guys, don't forget to keep it casual. <laughs>